Today's episode is brought to you by Alliance Aviation. Whether your mission is flying in style to any of the circuits on this year's Formula One calendar or simply traveling for business, Alliance's team of aviation professionals is ready to get you from point A to point B. When you fly with Alliance as a charter customer, we deliver superior aircraft, fair pricing, and no long-term commitments. And right now, we have an ongoing promotion to save you 5% on all jet cards. Normally, a jet card can cost you $6,500 per flight hour, but when you use promo code POINTS, you can save over $8,000 per jet card. Use promo code POINTS and fly to the Formula One circuits in style at fly.flyalliance.us slash points. circuit and it's race week boys we are doing our hungary preview right before we head into the summer break i'm super excited joined as always i've got sam dr russell and stefano the tech expert sedano guys welcome back to the podcast this week thanks matt in the words of the famous hungarian philosopher arthur kostler courage is never to let your actions be influenced by your fears while the world's looking down on Ferrari right now, making their jokes, posting their memes, watching their team throw up all over each other, I stand here today more optimistic than I've ever been with my plus 500 Ferrari to win the constructors bet. And I'm sitting here telling you the season's not over and I'm ready to get into it. Oh, yeah, wow, Sam, that truly brings a tear to my eye. How eloquently spoken those words were. Let's get ready to rumble, boys. Yeah, guys, episode 19, lot to, lots to discuss. Big jam-packed week. We had France happen no shorter than two days ago's time. Uh, the Paul Ricard circuit on the cusp. It's the circuit at risk for the 2023 calendar. Um, we'll get into that. We've also got our Hungary preview. I think we're going to have a Sam's bet segment. Sam, keep me honest on that one. I know the lines usually move early in the week. We're recording this on a Tuesday, so it might not be the best lines out there, but we still have to talk about the Sam's best performance from, from last week. When you're as hot as I am, Matt, you really can't take a week off at this you point. Really so can't. So you I'll can't. have a card, I'll have a card ready to rock and roll. Yeah, you can't guys. France, uh, pretty uneventful, eventful race. I'd probably say it was pretty crazy in the first half. And then the last 10 laps, Stefano, you and I were going back and forth. It was like, a bizarre final 10 laps that felt like a lot was happening when reality, like nothing was happening. But first and foremost, the two title contenders, Max Verstappen, Charles Leclerc, pretty crazy battle in the first, I think like 15 laps looking like Max was well within DRS range. I thought they were going to get very close. I thought we were going to see something like Miami all over again, where he was hot on the trail and there was going to be a couple overtakes and DRS chicken games and things like that. Um, Seemed like he just really couldn't catch him. Probably was overheating his tires, backed off a little bit, went to the pits, went on a different strategy, was making his way back through the field. The undercut was looking like it was going to work. I think I saw it was like a 27-second gap. It was like a 35-second average pit stop because of how long the pit stop was. Crazy long, kind of ridiculous. And then, though, guys, drama ensues. Charles Leclerc, wide open, nobody around him, 10-second gap to Hamilton, clear air ahead, and he just loses his back rear, driver error, spins off the track, crashes into a wall, and over team radio lets out a bone-chilling scream after like 150 deep breaths. Guys, I, like we've said this a million times, this podcast does not root for anyone to fail. We are team Lewis, team Max in that regard. We shouldn't be booing and cheering for others' failures. That's not what the sport is about. My heart was broken, and I'm not even a Ferrari fan. Sam, what was going through your mind when when Chuck Leclerc, driver error, and ultimately DNFs? 
Uh, yeah, that was a absolute heartbreaker um, because in my mind, the way Chuck was driving the pace that car had and the lack of tire deg that we kind of expected, I think it was fairly clear that Chuck was going to go on and win that race. Even if the undercut worked, I think Chuck still had the pace and um, just was was driving unbelievably well. So I think that was going to be a, a lock for him to win a race. But what it really did was it kind of makes you appreciate like Max Verstappen. And even looking back at like Lewis Hamilton over the years, like those guys never make those type, types of mistakes ever. And it, everyone always talks about how important it is to have the fastest car, which is true. It's obviously very important to have a fast car. But it's almost just as important to match the car's performance with driver performance. And just seeing Chuck spin out, he was pushing so hard. You could tell he just knew Max is all over his ass and he knew he, he got pretty much had to be perfect. Um, and it's it's sort of, for me, just a testament to how good like Max is. You, you never see him make those mistakes. Um, you know, if you want to win a championship, you can't make mistakes like that. So that was crushing for him. Um, I'll get into it in a little bit. I don't think the season's over yet. But another just huge blow to his chance. And and by the scream, the like you said, Matt, bone chilling scream, um, you know that he knew it was a big blow to his chances as well. Yeah, I mean, he said it at, at the end of the race. He in the press conference, he was like, if um, I'm operating at a high level, but if I'm going to be making mistakes like that, I don't deserve to win the championship. And and he's honestly, he's right. He doesn't deserve to win the championship. That's the second big error he's made this year. The first one we saw was at Imola, which cost him, I think, you know, 10, 11 points from going from second down to sixth or fifth by the time he finished the race. Um, so it's just like more driver errors. And plus on top of that, you know, I, I think we had been basically Ferrari and Red Bull were pretty close to even on a DNF and reliability adjusted basis, like, oh, Red Bull had two DNFs with Max and he was probably going to get second. Chuck had two DNFs, but he was, you know, one of them, he was in second in Baku and the other one, he was leading the Spanish Grand Prix. So like by the time we got to this race, they should have had a pretty neutralized points because they both had the same DNS. But now you've got two instances where he's taken himself out of the race. And to your point, Sam, like Max Verstappen's not making that mistake especially with one world championship under his belt in the back half of the year when he's in the lead. Yeah. Maybe he has a couple of reliability issues. Maybe he has to start from the back of the grid and he takes engine penalties and things like that, but he's not making those mistakes. And it's, it's honestly like, I'm super concerned for you guys for Ferrari, like Stefano last episode, you know, our listener, long-term listener, Chad from Harwich asked if it was must win for Charles Leclerc and, and you said, no, I mean, now what is it? Like we're in the back half of the season, one more race till the summer break, going to Hungary, a track that again on paper should suit the Ferrari. And we thought France should suit the Ferrari and it, they, they made some progress. But now like each race is almost like a new weight on top of Chuck that he's not winning. Like that's what it feels like. Yeah. Um, I think when we were, when I was answering our, our longtime listener, Chad, also big shout out to Chad. Um, I think in my head, I was answering that question, assuming that Chuck would at least score points in France. And now with 25 points wiped off, actually just points in general wiped off the board for him. Every race now is a must win for him. And I don't see Chuck winning. What is it? What, do we have 10 or 11 races left? Well, uh, 10 now. We are at, that was the 12th race of a 22 race season. 10 to go. Yeah, so there's no way. What do you think happened? When he, when he crashed? Yeah, when he spun out. Like you saw the replay. You just lose so, his back. Like, what do you think? Would, do you really think that was driver? Or do you think that the tire deg was a little bit higher and the car was? I no, mean, no, 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 no. I, I'm, not, I'm not giving him the benefit of the doubt of tire deg. Um, I don't know. I, Nico I Rosberg, all the first part of that stint, they were all saying that that back rear did not look good. Like they said, the I think you would have heard Chuck. Chuck. I think you would have heard Chuck say something about it. He was. Yeah, he also would have heard. He also would have heard something from the pit wall, like a radio message, um, just warning Chuck of tire deg. But uh, doing a little bit of, bit of research into how he prefers his car set up, he prefers the, the back end to sort of oversteer a little bit. So couple that with his pretty aggressive driving style, you know, you're bound to have something happen over the course of a season where you just lose the rear end completely and put yourself in a wall. And lo and behold, that's what happened in France. Um, so I don't give him the benefit of the doubt on tire deg. 
Um, it was completely driver error. He attacked the corner just just that like one or two percent harder than he should have, and that makes all the difference. And that's what put him into the wall ultimately. Yeah, I mean, I don't like. I guess let's do a an optimism check, like Sam. Optimism for Chuck Leclerc winning the drivers this year. Seventy eight points back. So drivers, I am not optimistic at all. I, I think he's in some serious trouble, and that uh, kind of put him very far away. Uh, he needs to win pretty much probably went out, probably win like eight to 10 of the races left. He's got to win. He, Sam, he's got to win every single race to mathematically be within a shout. And I don't see him breaking uh, Sebastian Vettel's record of, I think nine races in a row. I don't see him breaking that anytime soon. Yeah. Like I said, I think he's, I think he is in some trouble for the, for the drivers. I don't, and I think it's probably too far Bull, for him to Red go. He's going to have to have a catastrophic, uh, back half of the season for Chuck to make up this gap and overtake Max in the driver's championship. Yeah. But with that being said, I still think the constructors is up for grabs. I'm, I am not ready to concede that yet. Uh, and, and there's a few reasons why. First of all, Checo's looked like crap last couple of races. His performance has, uh, I think, supremely uh, downshifted over the, over the last few races. Ever since um, Baku. Yeah. So I think he's trending in the wrong direction. And, and meanwhile, I think signs is looking like a world beater. Yeah. He's trending in the right direction. Um, He's going to finish second at Silverstone. So I'm not really sure what you're talking about, but yeah, well, if, if you're arguing that he hasn't looked that good in the majority of the races, the past few races, then you're not watching the same race as I am. But anyways, I, I think that signs is trending in the right direction. Um, and I think the, the past couple of races has, have proved that Ferrari, it, their development is going pretty well. And as long as they can figure out reliability, they're, they're going to be just as quick, if not quicker than, than Red Bull. Um, and another little tell for me, the, the gambler of the group, if you look at the odds, the odds haven't really shifted and they've almost actually gone, gone in the other direction over the past couple of races, as crazy as that sounds. Ferrari was back to plus 500 a few races ago, they're now plus 300. I think Vegas knows that car is fast. And if they can just get, stay on the track, reliability can be there. They're going to win races. And I think they're going to have a lot of double podiums and Red Bull might not. So I, I don't think the constructors is quite over yet. I'm not ready to wave the white flag there. I'll put it to you this way, Sam, uh, for the constructors championship, I see Max consistently finishing on a podium. I don't see Checo consistently finishing on a podium. Uh, especially judging with um, in France. Uh, he was caught out sleeping after the safety car by George Russell, which was a brilliant move by him. Uh, not necessarily indicative of any sort of uh, pace-related issues from Checo, but definitely a little bit of a driver error there. And I can see that sort of coming back throughout the season. You know, I don't see him finishing quite as high as Max does uh, consistently for the rest of the season. I think that might give Ferrari a bit of a sniff uh, in the Constructors' Championship, especially if they can figure out you know, driver errors, reliability issues, strategy, all that stuff. But that's a tall order for Ferrari. And I'm reminded of our, uh, of our uh, longtime listener, uh, Crew Gay Daddy, uh, sending us uh, a nice little email last week asking us if uh, Ferrari can just solve the reliability issues if they're within a shout for either the drivers or the constructors. Well, it's getting to the point now where every weekend we're sort of like on the edge of our seat waiting for some sort of cataclysm to happen uh, in the Ferrari garage. You know, you could have Chuck or, or, or Carlos just put their car into the wall. You could have the pit lane release the car unsafely after a pit stop, which did happen in France. You know, you have any number of issues that Ferrari uh, uh, undertakes that just doesn't happen with Red Bull or Mercedes. You could have signs have to pit in the middle of overtaking uh, Checo and then not even yeah, put we'll, soft we'll, on we'll get to that. We'll that get was, to that. that was yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, like let's let's be honest. There's a lot of season left. There's ten races to go. Ferrari will be within a show, but like, 
I mean, I, I, the, the Checo thing is bizarre. He's his averaging his average place this year is one point eight. So he's either like finishing pretty high up, including DNF. So he's averaging a second place. He DNF in Austria because he got pushed off the track by George Russell. He came in second in Great Britain. He came in fourth because he got caught in the virtual safety car and, and George got a great jump. He didn't look that good all race at all, all weekend at all. And he was still in within shadow of a podium and if he gets a better restart he's probably holding him off um so like but fine say that he's dnf two dnf four i mean he's got two dnfs in his last four races so i mean austria like, it was a real dnf and you know that he got pushed off the i'm track just by telling george you russell. it's still it's still a dnf it was a DNF. And george russell got a five second time penalty so a you DNF's want to talk about getting taken out saying. of a race but that has nothing to do with his form you argued that it was his form and that he's Not on, on the track form and he's not at bad form. I mean, Chuck Leclerc just had a DNF with nobody around him. And Who's we just and we form? just and we just rip Leclerc for and yeah, and, like, and said Leclerc's like probably out of the, the drivers' day, championship mix. At the end of the day, it's it's just it's a it's a ridiculous comment. He didn't DNF in Austria because of a driver error. He got he pushed DNF though. The interesting DNF'd thing though. that I will say is the interesting thing that I will say here is the biggest friend Ferrari has to help them in the constructors is the progress Mercedes is making because before Checo was just battling with the Ferraris him and Max and now the fact that he has to contend with George Russell for third or fourth is only helping Ferrari out yeah, I agree with that that's true so not, not necessarily because now you have a resurgent Lewis fighting for podiums too and that could that could hinder Ferrari's chances because it keeps potentially Carlos Sainz out of a podium too. Well, this comes back so to who, a do net neutral. Think, who do you think is going to be competing more uh, up against that Mercedes after this past weekend, to Sam's point, Checo wasn't in contention with Lewis, but maybe Sainz was like Chuck was in contention with Max. And we think that those two are going to be trading places. Clearly Lewis was not going to be fighting with Max for the win this past weekend. Even after the safety car, he got a, still a 10 second gap in the final few laps. So it seems like, the car is just not at a position where Lewis can fight with Max for a race win. So I would assume Chuck and Max, barring reliability, are going to be trading places. And now, who do you think is going to do better up against the Mercedes of George Russell and Lewis Hamilton? And to Sam's point, Checo, if he's not on peak form and he is getting overtaken and passed by signs from the back, then sure. But I'm just saying Mercedes putting gaps between signs and Checo is the best friend Ferrari has right now, if you assume and assert that Chuck and Max were going to trade places for the rest of the year. I, I think kind of piggybacking off what you're saying, Matt, I, I think science has looked better than, than Checo over the past four or five races. And I think that will be the tell. I think if Chuck can win a bunch of races and go and they them go one and three to maybe two and five, if the Mercedes can, can jump Pacheco a little bit, then we're talking about this being a, a championship fight. Yeah, I mean, Ferrari's 82 points off of Red Bull and Chuck is 63 points off of Max. So, I mean, you basically have to, to, to Stefano's point, if you assume Ferrari can get the fastest lap, then basically though it's eight points up for grabs if Chuck wins every single race over Max. So he basically has to win nine out of the last 10. Yeah, and that's assuming I think it's possible. I really think it's Max, possible. Are you assuming Max finishes on the podium? I'm and assuming think, that assumes that Max's best position is, is P2. Yeah, yeah. Really, so, like, yeah, they, maybe hey, Max there's, falls. There's so far, also, going to have to hope that, that Max finishes outside of the top three spots, and that's looking very unlikely. There's also this whole floor uh, thing coming into play, which I confirmed in an article today that Red Bull is very much part of the group that needs to change their floor as part of these new regulations. And yeah, it's Ferrari and Red Ferrari, Bull. Ferrari does as well. Ferrari does as well, but so does Red Bull. And so there's that bugaboo that could get, get thrown in there. What if Ferrari handles that change in the floor better than Red Bull does? And they, and they become kind of that uh, head over shoulders, faster car, and it's more Red Bull and Mercedes fighting for two and three, you know, it, there's yeah, just, love, there's a lot of season took, left. There's a lot of season take left. that I had last week in the opposite direction. And you just spun it back around in favor of the Ferrari. Well, I'm direction. just saying that's, you were, you were at, you were adamant that Red Bull had it all squared away, but I'm, I had it in an article today confirmed that Red Bull is part of the group that, that is going to have to change the floor. 
And if you really go, if you want to keep digging into articles and do that, Red Bull and Ferrari brought new floor inlets to the race this past weekend, and they both worked successfully. So when Ferrari was a little faster, I mean, like they, sure, they were, they were that, faster. Guess what? They were. They were I mean, they, and in the were, words of George they, Russell, they were faster. You got to finish the race to get you the do. points. Hundred percent. But I'm just saying they were faster. I mean, so not giving argue, up. Hope. I'm not giving up hope because for. I'm not giving up hope because I do think Ferrari is still the faster car if they can figure everything else out. And that's a big if, but um, that's the reason I'm not white, waving the white flag ultimately. I think they're the better car. Who's the better car? Mercedes or Ferrari right now? Just kidding. We Ferrari. That. Mercedes, <laughs> though, big leap forward this past weekend, like a massive leap forward for them. They could only eke out P2, but like George Russell over to overtaking Sergio in the last few laps with that virtual safety car. Mercedes was pretty competitive. It was like pretty cool to see. Like Lewis got an amazing launch off the line. He was, he raced a great race as well. Um, Carlos Sainz raced a great race, but that Mercedes is much better. Like Stefano, I think you said it to us earlier in the week. It was almost like we forgot how bad Mercedes was at the beginning part of the season. Yeah. Yeah, this this kind of form makes that seem like a very distant memory. Very um, big distant memory. Yeah, I mean, th- that being said, the, the the season has been so great so far that a lot of the races from earlier in the season feel like almost like last season. Yeah, that's how that's how quality the season's been. And hats off to every driver for that. Yeah, including um, your boy Fernando Alonso. He had a great race this past weekend too. But so on the Mercedes side. Can somebody answer this, Sam? You're our big time Mercedes, Alpine, Haas, um, Alfa Romeo, Alphatari, McLaren, Williams. No, I don't like no, no. Um, you could Can you tell me what was going through George Russell's head when he made that lunge into the chicane off of that second DRS zone? And, and then go, gets on team radio yelling that Checo turned into him when he clearly was like a half of a car length behind going into that turn. Like that guy is pissing me off, to be honest with you. Yeah, that was that was embarrassing. That's <laughs> that's tough. To, I mean, I, I just wonder what his reaction was when he went back and saw that. Like, I'm sure he went back and watched the broadcast. Like, there's no way he could watch it and be like, oh, God, I, I look like an absolute idiot because it was such a reckless late lunge. Like, he wasn't even close. Him crying that he was ahead of him. Like, it, it wasn't even remotely close. It was um, so bad. Yeah. So that was that was weird. And it was I don't know. Like he, George Russell is a great driver and he's arguably been one of the yeah. best drivers on the grid this year. Um, but that was showing a little bit of an experience, um, like just the impatient, impatient nature to go after it like that and not kind of pick your spot because he clearly was going to get by him. Um, and that spot specifically to try that little S like to try to make the move there. It was just weird, weird, weird move. Um, what about whole, Toto coming on the radio to give him I, a top? That's down? when you know it was, it was, was a bad look when Toto say. had to come and say, keep your head down. Like that was, that's a I pretty good a tell. Double take, Cause I haven't heard Toto's voice on the radio in so long. I was like, is he actually like yelling at George right now? It's so crazy that you say that because I could have sworn for the longest time, like only the race engineer was allowed to talk to the driver. So when I, when I heard him come on the radio, I was like, is it that is he like that mad he's willing to like break a rule or something? I, I was dumbfounded. I couldn't believe Toto came on team radio. Last time I heard Toto over any type of radio was in Abu Dhabi of 2021. No, Michael, which, no. No, Michael, no, no, that is so not the right. Uh, I love Toto. Um, can I just say quickly on Mercedes? So they yeah. they clearly had great form. They're they're making strides. They'll probably be there by the end of the year. But it was a very bittersweet thing for me because I wanted Lewis to to cut into Max and and make that a little bit of a race. So I was a little I left a little bit bummed and feel like we kind of get robbed of like an old school when I say old school like last year Lewis Max battle because the Mercedes were way faster than Checo. So it was like I felt like there should have been a little closer battle between Max and Lewis. So I felt a little robbed and a little bummed about that. And I was pretty honestly, bummed too, especially because I picked Lewis to win. Yeah, honestly, you were off. We thought that I thought that the virtual safety car at the end was going to get us there too, to be honest, um, which would have been pretty cool. Um, it's funny that, you know, I agree, Sam, like it would have been really cool to see um, that, you know, like it's funny because you say we got robbed. It's almost like we weren't ever going to get that. 
And then the virtual safety car bunched the field up a little bit. And then we were like, oh, maybe we can. Actually, I think it was the safety car did it first. Yeah, it was first. a safety car. Being then that close, like you could car. taste it. But, yeah. it. but it pissed me off because Lewis on the safety car restart, like, didn't really push him. Like, I, I felt like he kind of, like, knew he wasn't going to be able to catch him. So he didn't get too aggressive and just made sure he had, like, a clean start. But he didn't, like push him and really get up there the way max usually does on oh, him so see, yeah i totally disagree with you i thought he so two things i'll say on that i thought he was like he he never came alongside because they made that rule now you can't come up alongside but he was getting into max's mirrors pretty closely to basically be like i am right here and like trying to play a little bit of those mind games like i'm right on top of you i actually think that max caught him out slightly in where he took the restart. Cause I wasn't even expecting him going around. I think it was like turn 13 or 14. I wasn't expecting Max to do that. I thought he was going to go around that last chicane and then down that back straight go. And that's where he was going to restart. So I thought maybe, and I, I have no data to look at the reaction time or anything. I thought like maybe Max caught him out a slight bit of like, he didn't expect that this is where Max is going to go for the restart, but he kind of gained on him a little bit into turn one. It was, like yeah maybe i just i feel like lewis has been so nails with his reactions and starts this year like another amazing one to start this race that yeah i I don't know i I guess i'm I'm just programmed to think he's going to get like a really good start so i thought he put it like kind of conservatively um but yeah no his start at the beginning of the race lewis's was mega unbelievable it it just goes back to show you too though like even with that safety car there's a lot of laps left people were trying to figure out the heat and the tire deg and obviously the pit lane was incredibly long so you couldn't go back out for a second stop um it just goes back to your point sam like max doesn't make those mistakes like he got bunched he had a 10 second gap over Lewis and then the safety car bunched the field back up and then he extended it back to 10 seconds and the virtual safety car kind of shortened the delta a little bit and he got back up to I think 10 seconds by the end of the race and like yeah the car is obviously doing a lot of the work because last year there was a lot more battles but just no mistakes like it's it, and neither did Lewis Lewis zero mistakes and for a car that was on paper materially slower than than the Red Bull of Max Verstappen but materially faster than that of Sergio Perez. It's just drivers are can make a huge difference and extend that gap because you know, I don't I don't know how much slower the Mercedes was race pace wise. I well, really 10 don't. Seconds slower. It, well, but I'm saying I'm pushing it, and I think Max was perfect. Is is kind of my point. I think Lewis conceded to, to take second place and not really go for it. Well, yeah, um, I, think, I think it was also an odd race because it was so hot and tire management was so critical. So for Lewis to sit there and say, we've got P2 in the bag, which yeah. is fine. But like, it was a wrong move again. Yeah, yeah like it, I'm sure. And I, but, you know, like that was the whole I think that's every driver was saying it was a huge weekend for tire management. Um, you know who else? quickly to talk about kind of get a little bit robbed was Yuki Sonoda really good weekend out of him good qualifying going into that S chicane Sam that you're talking about just gets over eager Esteban Akon the home Frenchman tags him on the side pod um, and then he ended up retiring from the race too bad for Yuki because it was a uh, you know you like to see some of these you know midfield cars that have been doing pretty poorly kind of get up into the top 10 of the grid like Landon Norris great weekend Alpines another great weekend um, but Speaking of a great weekend, Sam, the return of Sam's bets, matchup picks, five and one, nobody better in the business. It's been crazy to watch this. It's getting silly. It's getting getting really silly. silly. 34 and 10 on the year now. 34 and 10. How do you do it? I just crunch the data, man. I got to say this too. I, I got to put my hand up. When you sent the first, like when you first sent in the picks of the week, I thought you were an idiot. Like there was one, I think it was Gasly over Sunoda. And I was like, what the hell is he talking about? Sunoda was starting eighth on the grid. Gasly was like a smooth 16. Hasn't been looking good all year. Bang, hits. Lap one, it hit. There was some on there that I just couldn't even believe and I think the only one that we got robbed of was uh, Norris over Alonzo. And yeah, that's off to Alonzo. Yeah, yeah, Alonzo broke a record this, this this past race. Most uh, most laps raced in Formula One. 
he's he's now becoming like one of the drivers of the year. He's been unbelievable. But uh, yeah, it's incredible week. I'm I'm so freaking hot. It's nuts. It's my crazy. my model is kind of flawless. Uh, so if you're not following these bets at this point, you are you're now losing money because it's a surefire moneymaker every single race. Yeah, it's like, honestly it is pretty pretty insane. Um, it was the Lando one. It was uh, it was funny. I saw Lando. You see Lando's Instagram post this weekend of him and Max on their way back home, and it was like oh yeah, wins seven wins. Yeah, that was and great. I I love Lando. Lando's great man. But um, last thing on France, guys, just gonna touch on this one. This kind of goes back to a little bit of the Ferrari, like. You guys, are, I know you're not pushing the panic buttons, but like, you know, I'm sitting here being like, Ferrari's a freaking joke. What were they doing with Carlos Sainz on the last 10 laps, asking him to box after he's passed the pit lane in a battle with Sergio Perez for, I think at that point it was for a podium place because it was before it was. the BC. What was. the hell are they doing on that pit wall? Stefano, what are they doing? Did this would this have ever happened in the Michael Schumacher era? No, because they had Ross Braun and Jean Tote as uh, race engineers and team principals. So I, it's not the Ferrari of old; it's the Ferrari of older. You know, I'm thinking back in like the '80s and the '90s, back when they weren't so successful, uh, and then you know, in the in the post Schumacher years. Now that uh, we've had about 15, 16 years without him. Um, the world too. What's that? The world too has had 15, 16 years without him. We don't know where more he like, is. More like more like ten. Um, but uh, I'm thinking I'm thinking more towards like the the Domenicali years and the 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 Marco Mariachi years back when Ferrari was just like couldn't couldn't put one foot in front of the other. Um, I mean, they on the radio they came on and, and early in the race and they asked Chuck what he thought about plan a or plan B. Yeah. Like, like you're the, you're the pit wall, make a decision. You don't ask your drivers. You don't see, you don't see Red Bull asking Max what he thinks of the plan. They just give no, him a plan. No. If anything, Mercedes. And, and same thing with Mercedes. I was going to say those two teams are absolute nail guns when it comes to strategy, even like as something as simple and dumb as at the end of the race, Toto coming on and saying, George, keep your head down and just race. Like that is like clear direction. Like just shut also, up and drive. You're also, gonna win. also, and even when they do pit signs, the, they they dawdle on the, the the jack guy dawdles on his release and then they put him right in front of Akon for the the unsafe release. It was unbelievable. It's just it's another case of Ferrari shooting themselves in the foot with no excuses for it. So the only the only thing I can think of was watching that was that they were like they were trying to figure out the decision to make whether they needed to pit signs because he wasn't going to be able to hold on to third place and just try to get fast slap, come in fourth, hold that position. But they stopped watching like the three laps before making the decision. And they just like weren't watching because it was clear that signs was not only faster, but he was going to be able to build up that, that big enough lead over five seconds to hold it and keep that P three. I mean, they, they cost him two spots for like, for sure. It, it just, it was another mind-boggling decision. The, the only thing, know. the only thing that I can think of was uh, Signs had that massive blister on his right front tire, and I think the I think the pit wall was just a little worried that it would that it would blow. Um, it was a mega stint on those mediums because I think yeah, he, he yeah it was it was it was a super long stint on those on those mediums. They probably should have pitted him like five or ten laps earlier. In fact, they definitely should have pitted him five or ten laps earlier. And if you're gonna pit him with ten laps to go, why not put him on softs? I, yeah, I didn't get that. <laughs> it was crazy. They were doing it just to serve the time penalty, and then they just let him keep going. It was almost like a stop and go. They treated it like yeah. a stop and go penalty with like eight laps to go. It was it made zero sense. Very stupid. And, and it was every single like, pundit afterward was just like in disbelief that they wouldn't just let him race to the end and see what happened when the dust settled. I mean, even finished. the pundits like Nico Rosberg in the middle of the race, every lap he was like. They don't put him now, like it's too late. Like they got to figure out now if they're going to pit him yeah. or not. Figure out now if they're going to pit him or not. It's getting the windows closed and the windows closed and the windows closing. It's like, and then when all the pundits were like, okay, I guess they're not going to pit him, they pit him. It's like, I, I just, that's the, to me, those are the things that if I'm a fan of Ferrari, give me 
uh, heartburn and keep me up at night of whether or not they can win the constructors because you just got to sit and look at like a Mercedes and a Red Bull and they're just like max box done and then like yeah. then he comes on team radio is like why did you do that and like but he, like that's the I feel like that's the big difference like every time I've ever seen Ferrari uh, Mercedes or Red Bull with Verstappen or Lewis get pissed at the team is after they followed the instructions and they're in the tr- on the track and they're like why did you do that that was stupid but they like my point is they followed the they, the team was decisive. They said, "Do this, trust us." They trust them, and then when it goes a little bit south, they get all pissed. And then the yeah, team but the goes thing is, Matt, it safe. never it never seems to go south for Red Bull or Mercedes. If you oh, notice, I don't agree with that. I think I mean last year at France we saw a big time it went south where where Lewis and uh, Valtteri were on a one stopper and Red Bull went on two stopper and and vice versa. I think it happened in in um, Hungary two or three years ago where Red Bull went on the one stopper and Ferrari and uh, Mercedes went on the two stopper. There's all these types of scenarios. Yeah, you're where, talking about you're talking about individual events over the course of yeah, multiple it doesn't happen years. as often. That's for sure. We're talking, yeah, we're no, talking, no, it definitely doesn't happen. Yeah, we're as talking often. about multiple events over the course of the. Of of one season, sometimes in the same race weekend. Oh, Ferrari. I was actually going to say multiple events just in the Paul Ricard circuit yeah. this past weekend with signs multiple times with Leclerc a couple times, even within the first 18 laps. It's just, I don't know what's going on. I, Sam, last question on the, on the race for you. Are you still on the train of fire Bonato? Yes. I like I, there's honest, there honestly, there's nothing you can do at this point where I wouldn't be, the conductor of that train fire that clown how can yeah, you, who, who you replace office? him with i don't know like anybody fuck mario andretti some say that once red bull i mean ferrari went away from the all cherry jumpsuits and they put a little bit of the black in their team uniforms is kind of the point where i figure that they have kind of conceded that they are not gonna win those people those people are right tradition Ferrari doesn't even know how to paint a car anymore, let alone win a, win, a, win a world championship. No, and speaking of winning a championship, we got to turn our attention to race week to Hungary. And so, Stefano, as always, our new favorite segment, you're going to give us our your track preview, your race preview weekend. And without further ado, here's Stefano with the preview for the Hungaroring. Yes, and after a Grand Prix that was frankly so bizarre, it bordered on the kind of absurdism that France has become famous for. It's time to make our way east. That's right. Hungary plays host for our ragtag group of fans and drivers alike, as we find ourselves just outside of Budapest in the ancient village of Magyarod. The venue of some truly epic drives from the likes of Nelson Piquet, Sky TV's own Jensen Button, the indomitable Fernando Alonso, and the king of this particular circuit, Lewis Hamilton, who has won here on eight occasions. Awaiting him, Alonso, and the rest of the grid, is the 14-turn, 4.3-kilometer Hungaro ring, dubbed in hush whispers as Monaco without the buildings, due to the many tight twists, turns, and bumps just waiting to catch out an unaware driver. Will the embattled Charles Leclerc vanquish his French demons? Will Max snatch another win out from under his nose? Or will a resurgent Lewis Hamilton claim his ninth win in the Pearl of Danube? Get your goulash ready, folks, because this is... The Hungarian Grand Prix. Yeah. Wow. Hell of a intro. Hard to kind of tough act to follow that one, to be quite honest with you. Um, I'm pretty pumped that this is the final race and it's in a doubleheader race. I, I'm not the biggest fan of Hungary's circuit. I think it's a little bit tough to overtake. It's not the most exciting track on circuit. I actually don't hate where they slotted this. Um, I think following a track like France, obviously people don't like France, um, but the fact that we get a double header and then we go into the summer break, I think is a nice placement for, for Hungary. Um, but guys, what do you think of, what What are you looking forward to? Sam, you think Espanacon wins again? No, I don't. Um, I agree that, that uh, Hungary is a little difficult to overtake, but I really like this track. I think it's very scenic. I think it's cool looking. Um, I like, I love sector one into sector two. I love that like straight into the um, kind of like winding turn. I, I, I like the track a lot. Um, so I'm excited for the race. I think Stefano talked about this a couple of times. I think it, it plays directly into Ferrari's hands. Um, so I will be labeling this a must win for someone on Ferrari. Um, hopefully Chuck Leclerc. 
So yeah, I think it's do or die for them. And it's a good track for them to be, uh, to be in that position here because it fits right into their hands. Yeah. It's got Ferrari's name all over it. And frankly, if they don't score a one, two at this track, uh, I don't know what to make of the rest of the season. Um, you basically got a repeat of Monaco where Chuck Leclerc was head and shoulders above the rest. Um, and yeah, if he, if he, if he bottles it again, or if Ferrari bottle it again, then they can kiss the driver and the constructors championship. Goodbye. Another track that suits Ferrari. We honestly, we might need to like, just cut those comments and just kind of figure out what are the tracks that suit Red Bull? Because I feel like every single time we get on one of these podcasts, or it's the ones with the, 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 the super long suits. streets. I honestly thought Austria suited Red Bull. I think I even said it on, on that episode. You, you of the did, podcast. Yeah. And I thought that France suited Mercedes and it, clearly it did because they did pretty well. They, they got a double podium, but this one is very tight. There's only, I think there's only one DRS zone, right, Sam? Yes. Only one DRS zone. Yeah, one DRS That's zone. Straight uh, at the, at the start sector one. I've two, but if if we're, if we're, there's only one. Oh, one second, Matt, one second. If we're going to turn one and then you get it on the back. Yeah. Guy. You get it on the back side of that, of yeah. that. Hairpin. If we're going to talk a little bit about the about the track in regard to uh, our little talk we had about the new F122 game, uh, I've played this the track on two iterations of Formula One games. One back in F1 2002, and recently with F122, I did a little. Who was on the cover of 2002? Uh, I think it's either Ralph Schumacher or Juan Pablo Montoya. Wow. Wow, Ralph Schumacher getting the cover. Jeez. Yeah, it's a it's a Williams car, which is weird because I mean, what the hell? That was during that was like the middle of the period that Michael Schumacher was dominating. Yeah, it seems seems quite quite bizarre to me. Hold on one sec. I'll go verify that right yeah, now. Yeah, go verify it. Two decades <laughs> in the making. Nice merch um view um going for a Formula One video game. Yeah, Sam, um well, so you think this this is a must win for Ferrari? How much are you hitting the panic button on this? It's, it's a hundred percent must win race. Um, I feel great about it though, so that's good. But it's it is it's 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 absolutely a hundred percent must win. They need this not only for the points, but just like the momentum heading into the summer break and like just a little kind of glimmer of hope, um, a bright spot heading into this break. I think they need it for a, for a variety of different reasons. Um, but I think they're, you know, we'll get into the predictions, but I do think they're going to perform well this weekend. I've got a really good feeling about it. Yeah. I mean, um, even Mattia Bonato, your guy has even come out and said it's a must one, two weekend for them. And then your other guy, Chuck LeClaire, kind of a dramatic comment, just wants to stay alone. Stay. He wants to be stay alone. And yeah, Chuck, all you did was crash a car. Yeah. Calm down. Just get back in the seat and win a race, for Christ's sake. Yeah, I mean, I mean it was last year's race was interesting. Um, Esteban Ocon first, and I think only, maybe he had another win, but first win of his career, I think, was at Hungary this time last year. Um, Valtteri sent Lando Norris into the back of Verstappen. I think Lewis had caught some debris, too. It was just like, I think this was a pretty messy race, to be honest. And then Esteban Ocon just held on. And I think, actually, Fernando Alonso, um, this is actually an interesting race. It's coming back to me now that I remember it. Um, it was a little bit slick and wet at the first, and this was the first race back I think Max had after Silverstone, and Valtteri caught sleeping. He sent it into like a bunch of cars, big time, like gross up. I think this is the race where Lewis started up on the grid by himself. Like he lined up on the grid all by himself for the restart, and everyone else started in the pit lane on different tires, and then at the end of the race, Fernando Alonso held Lewis up for like five, six laps, and it gave Esteban Ocon just enough to hold on to the race win. I think this was, that was this track, if I think correctly. I don't know if any of you guys are going to confirm. Or while, while you think I've confirmed, it's Juan Pablo Montoya. Wow. Yeah. In the, in the Williams. Back in the good old days. Back in the good old days. Um. Yeah, I mean, should be interesting. I mean, like, I feel like every time we think that a track suits one, it, it kind of like, uh, they, they all, other than Austria, like, 
there's been like three or four races where like one of the top two teams like was clear far and away the better race car. Like I think it was I'm Austria. thinking like Miami. Yeah, Austria, Miami, like then take away the DNFs, like maybe Spain. Spain was probably Chuck Leclerc's, you know. Monaco too. Yeah, but, but that's Monaco that's sucks. that's most that's mostly because you can't overtake in Monaco. Yeah, so super hard to overtake here in Hungary. Um yeah, anything you're looking for in the race there, Stefano, or do we just dive right into predictions? Oh I mean, I'm looking forward to a Ferrari one two. That's that's my expectation for the race. All right, um, well, let's go right into them predictions. Then why don't you kick us off with your race weekend predictions? Yeah, pull through P three. I think it's uh, I think it's I think it's Chuck, Signs, and Lewis. That and seems then like for, a very Homer take right there, but I like it. Yeah, and then for the race, I think it's I. This is this is both. Uh, think and a hope it's it's chuck science and i'm gonna put george russell ahead of lewis for the podium what happens to max you guys want to diatribe about how max is like one of the best racers on the grid he is but this track doesn't suit him so you said the same exact thing about silverstone and he was fighting for for p1 and pull like, yeah. I get that these tracks aren't suiting Ferrari and Red Bull and ever seen, but like I don't think he's Max ever even, basically I don't think he's Max won and Chuck have traded one two or it's just been like one two for like half the season, if not more. I think the only yeah, one was like well, Jetta. I don't I don't think I don't think uh Max has ever won in Hungary. Uh and I don't think he's gonna I don't think he's gonna get even close to that. You're giving me pull uh, this weekend. You said Max, Max wasn't even gonna be one through three in, in qualifying. Yeah. I'm saying he's been no worse than two for the entire year other than Jetta. And? I'm just shocked that you're going to walk into this and, and give me a Max Verstappen's going to be starting on the second row or worse. Well, this is also kind of like a fan take, too. Yeah, I was going to say, very Homer take. So what's your, and sorry, what was your race prediction? One, two for Ferrari with Lewis on third? No, George, George third. George third. Okay. All right. Wow. So you think that there's going to be some some battling between the two Mercedes coming out of the qualifying? Honestly, I, coming out of qualifying for the race, I don't think it's going to be a battle between Lewis and George. I think, if anything, it might be a battle between Lewis and Max again. But I think that battle might keep them out of the out of the podium. Interesting. All right, Sam. Why don't you uh, kick us off with your predictions? Sure. So. Huh. How can you not bet on or predict Chuck Leclerc to be on pole? Um, he is, they're the, the fastest car over one lap. The king yeah. of qualifying. Yeah. yeah. So I got Chuck Leclerc on pole. Um, that seems fairly obvious to me. And then, you know, we've talked about it. It's a Ferrari weekend. It has to be. And I am actually mimicking Stefano's podium. And I'm going Chuck P1, Signs P2. Lewis Hamilton P3. I think maybe we see something happen to Max. I don't know. Maybe it's wishful thinking. Hamilton getting slotted into P3 there. But I just think Hamilton's on a roll right now. Um, he's Mr. Podium lately. So uh, I got... I Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I like it's hard. We've said it. You know, we're going to say this probably every single episode for the entire year. You can't ever count out Mercedes. And very clearly from France, you can't. Double podium for them. First I one think of been the, the year. most consistent team on the grid. Yeah, they have. They've been the most consistent. They've got the most reliable cars, and it's gonna it's gonna benefit them towards the back half. Let's just hope that for them the gap's not at a point where they can't overcome it on that back half. But um, interesting, big time Homer takes Ferrari, Mercedes, filling up those slots on the grid, filling up those podium positions. Um, I mean great you kind of have to for the fans going into the last race before the summer break um i've got kind of an interesting take on this one i actually think carlos signs is going to be sitting pole position he's got that brand new set of uh that brand new electronics he's got the brand new engine he took the entire massive grid penalty his car was absolutely flying last weekend i think he is in a much better headspace than his teammate i think he's got better machinery and I think if they get the balance right, he's been pretty pretty competitive in the last few races in terms of qualifying. I think in Silverstone, I think um, Austria, he had a pretty decent one lap. And I think 
with this new equipment and the way he's been racing, like I, I could see this Ferrari fastest car over one lap for sure this year. I I predicted it correctly last week, and Ferrari was sitting pole. Um, I, it's really hard to bet against Ferrari on the pole on pole position, I, and I think Carlos Sainz is going to be um, a really interesting one to watch. And then I think I mean you can swap these two in and out. I'll have to pick one. I'll go to the homer take. I'll say Max is starting second, and I think Chuck is on third again. Could easily be Chuck on second and Max starting on the second row. Um, I do think Lewis is probably going to be starting on the second row this weekend, and I think you know you're going to see the top Mercedes, Red Bull, Ferrari filling up one through six. Um, I just think Sainz is going to start on pole. And then for the race itself, I think Carlos Sainz is going to win a race this year. And I think Carlos Sainz actually wins in Hungary. And I think you see um, Max P2. And then I think you probably get, I could see like Fernando Alonso pipping P3 and have something happen with like. What happens with Chuck? I think Chuck gets a little bit of an overdrive and maybe he gets into a crash or somebody. Wow. Like not his fault type of thing. Like, um, I think that he could very well, like if he overdrives or he makes a mistake or like something happens in the pit lane, I, I just could see some shenanigans happening this weekend where maybe like, I don't know, Yuki Sonoda or somebody like accidentally tags him or he gets hit by Joe or like, you know, God forbid he runs into a back marker or something like that. I don't know. I think something I think weird could happen. Other than that, I think he could be fourth. I mean, I'm just kind of giving a Fernando Alonso take because I think, I think Fernando Alonso has been racing really good. I actually read something interesting. He took so many penalties in the earlier part of the year that he's got like a bunch of really good power units that like in his pool that he can rotate through. So I could see him... Um, just having like a really good race. Like he raced pretty well last weekend. I could just see something happen to Chuck. I mean, we're going to learn a lot about Chuck Leclerc this weekend. I, I'm giving kind of opposite takes because I don't, you know, I think in my heart of hearts, I think Chuck is going to be on the podium this weekend. I think he does have the heart of a champion. I think he has the will to win. And I think that he um, is probably going to recover and he's a professional. He's going to come out of it. But we're going to learn a lot about him because I could very easily see him being overdriving, trying to do too much, trying to get that fastest lap on lap one. And I could just see it happening, right? Like inexperience, maybe all of this, all this buildup is getting to him, but uh, it's going to be an interesting race. Um, I still don't really think though on merit, the Mercedes is quite there to be battling for wins yet. Um, Especially not when Chuck and Max are on peak form. That's my take. Agreed. Not yet. No, not yet. Not saying never, but after what we saw in France, they even Toto had come out and said they thought they had unlocked something really, really special. And on merit, they're still take away those safety cars. I think there's probably gonna be like a 24 second gap between Max and Lewis because um, I think they had a 10 second gap and then another 10 second gap by the end of the race. So like. That's a lot, but I mean, anything can happen. Safety cars. I mean, Sam, you had the safety car hit. Um, but yeah, so that's my that's my take this weekend. I think it's gonna be a big weekend for Alpine again. By the way, like I think these guys are sneaking up more and more and more. I think they're in fourth right now, and um, I'm and I'm keeping my eye out for Lando. He's been racing well with some pretty shitty equipment this year, so keep keeping him in the in the mix for maybe a top five. Maybe if things go south for somebody, there's a puncture, or whatever. He maybe he could eke on the podium. I don't know. Curious. Really interesting. I, I, last thing I'll say, but a little bit of a monologue here. The regulations have done a phenomenal job. Absolutely. Like I, we talked about it a lot in the early part of the season. And I think we've kind of taken for granted how easy it is for cars to follow. Yeah. It's great crazy. Season. I'm it's thinking, awesome. I, I'm, I'm thinking back to eras past back before before the V6 turbo era, when Seb was dominating uh, F1. Spit it uh, out, Charles Dickens. The ghosts of F1 past. <laughs> I'm getting more gray hair in my beard anyway, so it it that that rings very true. But like I remember races where Seb would be like like almost like a lap or two ahead of of the nearest competitor, and it would just be boring. You know, yeah, we're certainly same, not same, that. same thing in Michael Schumacher's era. 
um, you would just have, you would just have the leader pull ahead by just this massive margin. And like, there wouldn't be that many battles on track depending on like the, the track itself and things like that. But that's what I think made, um, the battles themselves back when they would happen a lot more special. And we look back fondly on them with, uh, rose tinted nostalgia glasses, but the, like you said, Matt, the regs now are amazing. And like we were saying earlier in the podcast, the quality of this season has been making earlier races of the season feel so far in the past. So far in the past. That's how great these races have been. I mean, even in Austria, we saw five cars wide going into like turn five. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. And yeah. Uh, I mean, I, yeah. So who knows? I mean, it's kind of turning some of these tracks in their head. Supposedly, Hungary is a, is a notoriously difficult track for overtaking with that one kind of one and a half DRS zones. But, you know, I'm still excited for the race. It's going to be coming up on us quick. Um, and as always, final segment of the week, final segment before the summer break, final opportunity for our listeners to make some god dang money. Without further ado, Sam's bets. Sam, you are on the hottest of hot streaks. Uh, you have nailed so many bets. You're 34 and 10 in race matchups. We covered in the early part of the podcast. And as always to our listeners, new and old, Sam will release his race matchup bets on Twitter Saturday after qualifying or Sunday morning, depending on when the lines come out. Lines sometimes don't come out because Vegas is scared shitless. Of some of, hey, Matt, some of my best bets have been made at like three in the morning. Yeah. Um, so they'll, it, we, there's no rhyme or reason when they come out. You know, when they come out, they come out. So put, turn those uh, push notifications on for the Twitter account. Turn them on. There is nobody. Sam is that dedicated. He money doesn't sleep. He is uh, up all night, crunching the numbers, hawking the lines, waiting for when they first get released. That's the earliest time you can catch them sleeping. Um, but we also have the segment where Sam gives his bets earlier in the week for the race. So no race matchups yet. But Sam, what do you got for the card today? early yeah, little, this time it is early and yeah so a little less exotic than we've seen in the past um which probably is a good thing for our winning percentage so we'll get right into it um we've we've touched upon it all show it's a ferrari weekend and there is no better bet maybe ever than chuck leclerc to win plus 150 this weekend um i am putting my best bet play of the year on this, um, I think Chuck wins and he wins relatively easily. Um, I, I've already said it. I just, I think it, he's going to dominate. I think this is Ferrari's track. I think he's backs up against the wall. I think after last week's spin out debacle, he comes back strong. I do believe he's got the heart of a champion. And I think Chuck is going to win on Sunday. And I think plus 150 is insulting. I think he should be minus 150. Um, I think he should be the favorite. And we're going to catch Vegas sleeping because he's going to win. So plus 150 is a best bet. Great play. And that's, that's all kick things off. Wow. Yes. That's and, a big bet. Yeah. And to piggyback on that, I've got three bets that kind of go along with that. Next is Ferrari winning car minus 140. So this is a fun one for guys like Matt who think Carlos Sainz is going to win the race. We can both win money off this. So the next bet is going to be Ferrari winning car minus 140. Next, it's also a Ferrari theme bet. Carlos Sainz is in the mix on this one, as well as Chuck Leclerc. Ferrari double podium plus 150. So it's kind of the trifecta for Ferrari. Chuck to win the race, Ferrari winning car, and Ferrari double podium. If that hits, we're all getting rich. So I love Ferrari this weekend, obviously. And it's um it's I was gonna say you're here. backing up the truck. And you're just the Brinks truck is getting Ferrari. backed up and we're going all in Ferrari this weekend. Wow. I hope you're right, Sam, because um, for, for your reputation, uh, it seems like an emotional card for you already right off the bat. And I just hope that you don't fall victim of overbetting with the uh, way that maybe Chuck Leclerc might be overdriving this weekend. But I mean, you got to follow, follow Sam. I mean, he has led everybody into war and he's come out with his entire troops intact. And so if you're seeing something we're not seeing, then like follow him blindly because um, the odds are no pun intended. He's right more than he's wrong. Yep. That's, that's correct. And next, I think that the winning margin is going to be over 10 seconds this weekend. I don't think we see a very close race. And I, I think we see Chuck Leclerc win by about 
15 to 20 seconds. Um, and I, I think he's going to dominate. I really do. I just have this weird feeling. So I like the winning margin over 10 seconds plus 150. Wow. Okay. So, so you're kind of saying it's going to be a boring race for everybody at home with a little bit. Ferrari dominated weekend and like not even close. That's the feeling I'm kind of getting. Um, right. Next is our weekly in the point special bet. And I've got three. That uh, I'm going to bet on. Why don't you leave us off with your third one? Okay. This is going to be a common one. We talked about it last show. St. Nick Latifi to be in the points once again, 18 to one. Um, This is a long play bet. We're going to bet it every single week until it happens. He's going to score points. Shout out to our boy, Earn Dog. He'll be in the ear this weekend. Um, oh, I, yeah. think he's gonna guide, I think he's going to guide Latifi to a point finish and he's going to grab a point. So Nick Latifi, 18 to one to finish in the points. Next up. And I'm going to give these, these last two because they're, they're pretty much very similar. I'm betting both Haas drivers, Kevin Magnuson to finish top 10 minus one. Finish top 10 plus two twenty five. I love the value there. If you've been reading up on what Haas is bringing to Hungary this weekend, they're bringing their first upgrades, monster upgrades, huge ones. And they're very excited about the speed they're bringing to the, to, uh, the Hungary track this weekend. And I think they're going to perform well. I think um, Magnuson had a mega start last weekend. He, he drove great. Um, and I just think that if that Haas car can stay on the track um, and just stay out of its own way, I think that both of those cars are top 10 finishers. Hey, Sam, give the lines one more time because I think that the technology failed us for a second and we didn't get the lines you had for those bets. Just give us the uh, what your bets are with the lines one more time. Hey, Mag, top 10 minus 110. And Mick Schumacher, top 10 plus 225. And yeah. Nick Latifi, top 10, 18 to 1. Yeah, we got that one. That one was clear as day. Um, you are, you know, I was I was kind of hard, hard on you last week for the Latifi bets until you explained it. It was actually a really good explanation. Uh, you bet him every single year, every single week, and there's only nine races and it hits once, which it probably will. He finished, I think, um, I don't think he scored a point last year, but it doesn't matter. He, he's, all you need is one of those to hit and you've doubled up your money if you bet it every race. So I actually like that from a math perspective. That's a pretty good, pretty good play. Uh, K-Mag, yeah, tough weekend for him. Uh, same with Mick Schumacher, but we talked about upgrades early part of the podcast, um, in the early part of the season. Let's hope that they work, but, um, you know, Haas kind of had a pretty, pretty silly blunder with their strategy call this past weekend, calling them into the pits on like lap 12 and trying to do a two stopper and too long of a pit straight to, for them to do. But I think they got into a little bit of a scuffle um, towards the end and came back, obviously the DNF, but like they've just been an up and down year for Haas. I mean, they're clearly not the back markers, but they're clearly not fighting up at the top of the midfield. But I mean, what was it? Austria, they had double points and then Silverstone, they were both out of the points, like roller coaster every year for Haas fans. And Matt, for the record, um, St. Nick Latifi had seven points last year. All right. Thanks for clarifying. I didn't know how many he had. And okay, oh, yeah. to, to, uh, to just wrap things up, my last bet, another one I've hit a few times. And this one, it's not that I love it this week because I really don't, but I just feel like I kind of have to keep the train rolling on it because he's been so consistent. Is Lewis Hamilton, Lewis Hamilton to finish on the podium plus 120. Um, He's been in great form. The Mercedes is developing well. Uh, It's just, it's tough to bet against Sir Lewis. So I'm I'm going with Hamilton to finish on the podium this weekend. I mean, how could, how could you not? I think he's been on a podium the last like three or four races, right. And something like that. So he's, he's clearly, they found something in the car he's super consistent. He's now beating his own teammate, which he loves to do um, on track, I should say. And yeah, Sam, great card, no safety car. I, they don't have a line on it. They they oh, are scary. on. They're on. There's on to me. And uh, DraftKings, if you're listening, put up a safety car line. I don't care if it's minus a million. I'm going to bet it. But yeah, no safety car line this weekend. So no safety no safety car bet. Unfortunately. What about fastest pit stop? Any of those? They, well, first of all, I, do we even know if we who won that last week? But they don't have that line up this this uh, this week either. Who so did I'm, you take last week? McLaren. Yeah, I'll find it. We'll cut this. No, like I'm looking it up as we speak. I'm pretty sure McLaren had the fastest one. 
right now as I'm scanning through it, uh, AlphaTario is right up there. This is a great podcast skit right here. Like going through, I'm looking through all the data. It looks like right now AlphaTario with a 35.9. Red Bull point. So actually Red Bull for Max Verstappen pipped the entire board. Fastest one. But McLaren was third fastest. Yeah. Dang. Sorry about that. But I mean, just goes to show you, like, Alpha. I mean, McLaren and Red Bull have been trading fastest pit stops. So, yeah, I mean, it sounds like Vegas has been scared of you, as they should be. They, they're they not putting up safety car lines. You told me three or four or five races ago, you'd bet it if it was minus a million. And the only way you wouldn't bet the safety car is if they took the line down. And God forbid they take the line down and listen to you. And they took that's the line best, down. It's their best way to avoid losing money is to take the line down. Um, you're robbing the blind. Um, you're robbing Vegas blind and yeah, it's a great season for you. Um, guys, final thoughts, uh, heading into Hungaroring summer break, final thoughts for the episode for our listeners back home. Please God, Ferrari, don't do anything stupid and just take care of business. Stop it. Yeah, I'll, have, I'll have to echo that. Uh, I'm glad the French Grand Prix is over. Um, it's a fever dream. I hate that circuit. I'm glad we're on the Hungaro ring and I'm looking forward to Ferrari putting their French hoodoo behind them. Hell yeah. Fire it up boys. Oh yeah. Fire it up. up. That's the episode. Be nice to everybody.